With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. 
What, you act like that's a bad word. No, but I'm just I I was just didn't understand what you just said. I just thought you said the hand twerk giants. Uh, no, 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 Antwerp. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's probably not, but hey, what can you do? Uh, so I think you know he realized that this was a good experience, but it's not probably going to be as fruitful as he may have hoped. And so we got to get off these juice references. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's a lot of juice talk at Broncos today. Um, so, you know, it was, it was juiced up conversation. <laughs> really just uh, filled you up on the on your need for, uh, for references there. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a bad pun. And, and good puns and bad puns are apples to oranges. And honestly, we're just thirsty for puns on this program. We are. Y'all really are. Anyway, uh, Thomas uh, and Bryce, neither of these two, I think, were that surprising. Uh, we kind of referenced it the last two weeks of what we had heard and that these two guys were kind of teetering on what they were going to do. Bryce Peters, I don't think, even had the option. I think that was uh, pretty clear cut from Tad Boyle, and I think that was Bryce Peters also clear cut, not wanting to be in a place where he didn't really fit. Uh, so I think that was a mutual decision where Thomas's I think, was on Thomas because I really do think Tad Boyle loves Thomas Akizili despite kind of uh, his lack of ability to play good basketball this year. He always hustled. Tad always said good things about him, always showed up to practice early, always stayed late. Stop chewing on your straw. We can hear that on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I do when I'm thinking. And uh, still Just doing chew it. my straw away from the mic. Okay. Anyway, uh, so those are those two, and the loss of Bryce Peters is a, a lot bigger because even as a freshman, he made so many strides last year, finished the season averaging five points a game, and he's electric and eccentric, really. He, he was going to be the next really good guard, I think, in CU basketball. Me and Ryan have been talking about this for over a year, and he just had that attitude. The, he, he was a dog, as Phil Lindsay liked to call it, and uh, – I, I really just like the way he played basketball. He was the most talented guard Tad Boyle had recruited since Askia Booker and Spencer Dinwiddie, and it just it didn't work out. Yeah, well, I mean, in the end, it's, it's on Bryce, not on anyone else. Uh, he wasn't able to get right. You know, he wasn't able to do the right things, and Tad Boyle will put up with a decent bit. I mean, look, he dealt with Wesley Gordon for four years. And, and Five. Five years, sorry. And Wesley was never exactly a, a model student or a model athlete per se. Uh, good kid, funny kid, but prone to making the type of mistakes that really irk a head coach. So I'm sure there's a bit of relief for Tad that uh, Wesley is uh, graduating, not from an on-the-court standpoint, but from a losing the little bit of hair he has left on his head standpoint. <laughs> So for Bryce, you really have to be, you know, doing a lot of bad things from a coach's perspective for to get as deeply into the doghouse as he got with Tad. And I'll be honest, I sat on the very first game of the season when he was suspended. I sat next to a group of Buffs fans, and I told them, I don't know if he's going to be here next year um, because at that point, he had already found himself a permanent seat in Tad's very small doghouse. It's not like everyone gets in there. So it's unfortunate because he's a really talented kid. 
and he really has the the talent to play it at a high level. The question is, where what level of coach is going to be willing to put up with that? I don't think. And one of our friends asked us this question. Where do you think Peters will transfer to? Is he going to be competition for Tad Boyle? Tad's reputation is so great that if Bryce Peters can't work for Tad Boyle in a Pac-12 program, I doubt Bryce Peters lands in another Power 5 program despite all the offers he had coming out of high school. I think you're looking at Bryce Peters going to a Mountain West type program uh, because of this, and and it's unfortunate because Bryce really wanted to play in a Pac-12 program. He had such respect from the conference coming out of Uh, Southern California and it's kind of unfortunate from his perspective that he couldn't get it together look I had a really rough freshman year of college our Will Whalen talked about his rough freshman year in college all the time on this podcast I think it's just one of those things that happens but these coaches understand it so you really have to be screwing up at a level where it's uncorrectable and Bryce was doing this in high school there's a pattern here it's not like he just got to college and he had some issues there was a pattern here and obviously the Buffs didn't feel like they could fix it or if it was worth fixing rather than taking a chance on some other player that maybe is more deserving than Bryce. Yeah, I think that's really unfortunate. I mean, in one season, look, I think Tad Boyle probably pointed out, uh, look, because in the end, Tad Boyle has always remained, if a player is transferring, that's their own decision, not mine. And obviously he's going to be real with players, and I wonder if he went to Bryce Peters and just said, look, Here's what you're going to have to do to get out of my doghouse and to earn the trust of your coaches again. And maybe Bryce wasn't willing to live up to that task. Maybe this is a different situation. I where think it was a little bit different from what I heard. Okay. So, but, but you're right, generally. And maybe even Tad said, if you really do these things, we're going to have you around because we like your talent. But I don't know that it was worth worth it to Tad Boyle to take that chance because he had already taken so many chances on Bryce to say, stick around one more year. Uh, But basically, you're looking at a team that wasted a scholarship for the last, for the postseason on Bryce Peters and a team that wasted a scholarship on their last three regular seasons, last regular three three season, uh, three last regular season games on Bryce Peters. Still not right. Last three regular (laughs) season games. Yes. But. But you get my drift that they wasted a scholarship this year on Bryce Peters, who sat for eight and a half games. Yeah, exactly. And he, his positives did not outweigh the negatives this year. And you saw the, abil- the, the ability there. But you just – if you're Tad Boyle, eventually you have to put your foot down because you've got guys like Derek White out there who are doing all the right things and trying to win basketball games for your program. And then you've got this group of players – underneath them that are just screwing up and it makes it you you know you can't have a double standard for players based on talent a lot of coaches do across the nation and if you're winning all the time then maybe you get away with it but in the end it's a bad look and you're going to lose your locker room if guys are being treated differently based on the way they act look at dom collier's situation versus bryce peters they're both suspended for the first two games of your career we ever heard anything bad about dom collier since no. Exactly. Fel- he, he got in line. Because some people learn their lessons. Exactly. Bryce Peters showed multiple times that he wasn't going to learn his lesson. And so, I I mean, for Tad Boyle, why like keep wasting your time on someone that you kind of just, yes, they're talented, but you need, especially after this last season, you need leadership on your team. You need a team that's going to care and who's going to really put basketball first. And 
from the suspensions and what we've heard, it, to me it seemed like Bryce wasn't doing that. And yes, he's a freshman and he's young, but sometimes people just know. When you have like a gut feeling or an intuition about someone, sometimes you have to – obviously he decided to transfer, but sometimes, I mean, maybe Tad Boyle was kind of pushing it towards that. You know, I think there's an old analogy that coaches use a lot that works really well here. And, Jake, you'll know it as soon as I start to say it, but – the old saying is that you know 10% of the dudes on your team are going to be model athletes. They're going to be doing everything that a coach wants. They're perfect. There's going to be 10% of your team that is screw-ups. Um, they don't want to work hard. They don't want to practice hard. And there's 80% in the middle, and everyone uses different numbers, that are going to go one way or the other. They're influenceable. Mm -hmm. And I find Bryce Peters to maybe have been a case of that. He was in the 80% there. And he went the way of the other two players who ended up being suspended this year, which are Wesley Gordon and Xavier Johnson. Those were the cool guys on the team. Like, those were the ones that you wanted to get in with because you were going to probably have more fun on the weekends. Whereas the Derek Whites, who are the great basketball influences on the team, it, maybe it wasn't as cool to hang out with Derek White or whatever it is. I had fun hanging out with Derek White yeah, off the court. But the point is – Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I think he was kind of a victim of being one of that 80%, and maybe it's 60% or 40%, whatever I mean, you want to call I mean, and that happens when you're young. You're following the older guys. And, yeah, the guys that you think are cool. And, I mean, just from knowing Bryce a little bit, you can see why he thought those guys were cool. Like, they shared common interests yeah. and, and such like things like that. So I think it's hard for him because, you know – and it's hard for Todd Boyle because you expect those seniors to be the, the ones helping the freshmen to really get in line. And I think he ended up being a victim of, of some poor leadership there. Speaking of leadership, uh, leadership on the football team is going to be huge this year. They lost basically all their leaders. Um, even, even if it's not their captains, honestly, you know, in terms of who leads that football team, I don't think Tedrick Thompson was a captain last year. That was one of the leaders of that football team. And they lost a lot of those guys, and they went from a defensive-heavy-led team in terms of leadership to an offensive team over this offseason so far. And they're talking about how they need to step up in that leadership. They've been talking about it nonstop and uh, getting them to a level that was better than last year or to the same level even that they were at last year. And what's their motto, Allie? Um, it was do extra. Do it's like do, do extra. extra. Oh, champions do champions extra. do extra. Okay, one. We're gonna talk about how corny that is in a <laughs> second, but I, I can't like avoid talking about how corny it is even. <laughs> but um, you're looking at this team, and it's a team that has that 10-80-10 problem. I think because I think last year that 10% that was good had the louder voice at the start of the season and until up, in, up until the bowl games, up until the championship game. But that 10% that doesn't have that great voice took over in terms of how loud it was later in the year. And I think, that ten, I think that lower 10% are the same guys that are around going into this year. That's tough. Um, I don't really know. I wasn't I'll, just, I'll just say I wasn't close enough to the team to know. I just... I don't know how the change, changing of the guard really occurs in that situation. What causes what caused that lower ten percent to take over when the games were most important? I don't understand how that could happen. I think 
that the guys that wanted it most became a little satisfied and the guys that wanted it as much still became louder because they weren't satisfied, they weren't playing as much, they weren't getting the stats. And then you consider it, when you get to that point in the season, they become a little bit louder because those guys at the top, they go, okay, we can, we can fall into this rhythm. We can fall into this motion. We can do the same thing every week. Well, and, and they ended up beating two, back, uh, two top 20 teams back to back. So it's like, all right, well, we can go and take care of Washington. What's the number next to their name? We just beat two teams with numbers. So I think those guys with a good 10% can become lackadaisical at times. And you see this with every locker room. There's a reason why the Golden State Warriors lost nine games last year, even though they won 73. Sometimes you just have an off night. It just happened that those guys at the top of the locker room started to have off games and off weeks at the most important time of the year. And part of that was that they just didn't know how to deal with that situation. Uh, which is a good and a bad thing sometimes. You look at Kyle Freeland and his Rockies opener on Friday. He had every reason in the world to be nervous and to screw that up, but it was almost that he had too much to be nervous about for him to even realize what the situation was or for him to be nervous. And I think that the Buffs had so much to be nervous about earlier in the season in terms of, well, we had nothing to lose, but in the same sense, this is our last chance to do anything because we have got all these seniors that later in the year when they started to focus in on their goal, they kind of realized that we can actually do this and we just have to be nervous about one or two things here. And then they kind of got a little lackadaisical everywhere else and they kind of got in their nerves about those two things, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Uh, it's just, it's hard for me to understand how that, how you could go that way at that point of the season. But it happened. I mean, we all saw it. You saw it up close and personal, and you predicted it happening. So I'm not denying that it happened. It just blows my mind. And it, I think it is cause for concern going into this season because obviously there was uh, something that happened to that team at the end of that season, and I think we can guarantee it wasn't Sefo Lufau's fault or you know one of those guys in the secondary who ended up bringing that team down. Um, now, whatever it might have been, we don't, we'll never really, really know. But I think it is something to keep an eye on heading into this year. With that being said, I think, you know, the, this whole motto thing and that ex being extra, that kind of falls into, like, what I'm talking about of that 10%, literally, like, the term extra, like, it's – those people are tryhards. They're the ones who put the sport in front of everything. And it's not that cool. And, like, that's why it gets roasted. Like, that's why you want to roast – their, but <laughs> the word extra being in that motto. And I think that's what makes it tough because it's not, it's really not cool to, to be a college athlete who's giving everything to the sport all the time. Like, Sefo like, was not cool for three and a half years. Exactly. So that's what, what I'm saying is you have to be okay with being not cool. You have to be okay with going in at, you know, 9 a.m. for a player on practices on a Saturday morning. If, if you want to be great. Exactly. And I think um, a lot of these players are seeing Cheeto, are seeing Tedrick, are seeing Akello. Like, they're going to the NFL. They're NFL caliber players. So, what? It's just funny because, like, I was talking to someone on the bus uh, earlier this week uh, who thinks he's going to the NFL and he's so clearly not. Um, it, like yeah, that's well, what there, everyone, there's everyone, always those yeah, players. Everyone on the team thinks they're going to the NFL. I know, Continue, exactly. So, yes, everyone on the team thinks that they're going to the NFL. But those three players, 
actually have a chance, especially Cheeto. And people saw the way Cheeto worked last year. He was hardworking. He didn't care about being cool. He focused on getting the job done, working hard, and now he's going to the NFL. So there's players like Bobo who hasn't – who people are – second guessing him this year it's still at like constantly every year for him it's been a struggle so he's one of those guys that's like i'm gonna work hard and i'm gonna be extra because i see that the people in my class are coming in and they're going to the nfl and i want that those what that's what all those players are that's why you want to play college football at least most people you want to go to the nfl and so yes being extra it can be lame and you need to know that you're, you might not be the coolest person when you do that, but I think to this point, some of these players are over it. They just want to be in the NFL. They want to make their dreams. And you're going to be pretty damn cool when you're rolling in a million bucks. Exactly. Uh, because you're a first-round draft pick like Cheeto's about to be. I will say this. I just question where that extra mindset comes from. It's great to say it, but I don't know that that it's happening. And, and that's no, and it's it, always talk in the offseason. Right, yeah, and that's definitely. my issue with it. And we can't see anything. And the, <laughs> and the people that are saying it are the same people that I question their work ethic and their work ability. And that's why it draws a little bit of a red flag to me that you're so predominant in saying it. And obviously I can't see it, but it's the same people that have those red flags around them that are saying these things, and that means that they've become leaders of the team. And that's why it draws my eye when I see those quotes because I question these guys as being the leaders for the younger guys, and, and it's not to say anything bad about anyone. I'm just saying that you have that 10% that's bad, a bad you know, not bad apples, but just they don't have their head on and completely in the right direction. And if all of a sudden they start following that because they are being good leaders out to the public and to the media, you wonder where the rest of that team's leadership goes. I completely agree, but I, I, I also agree with what Ali said. And these guys are seeing their friends go to the league. And, like, there's going to be a lot of buffs drafted this year, whether it's four, five, or more. Not five, not yeah. six. There are going to be a, a lot of dudes that were their peers last year that were those guys who were putting in the extra time all, always that are going to be getting paid. And I think that that resonates. And I think that's why putting motivation. dudes right, I think that's why putting dudes in the league not only helps your recruiting but it helps your current roster because those guys are looking out there and saying, "Damn. That's why those guys were working so hard all the time." I mean, when Nelson Spruce comes back and hangs out in Boulder, catch him around Pearl Street late at night, whatever, all those guys flock to him. You know, they all want to be Nelson right now and look at Look at Nelson wasn't even drafted. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is it's funny because uh, we recently had a conversation with uh, our C receiver who said they were all celebrating when Nelson graduated, not because they didn't love Nelson, but they're like, "Oh my God, we're finally gonna get the ball again!" <laughs> right? And then one one of them like was like, "Yo, uh, honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to most this season is making a run at Nelson's touchdown record." And which is, which is, like, you want that. You want that out of your players. Like, that's not a bad thing, but it's just funny, the, the receiver's attitudes toward, towards Nelson. Because, like, wh however much a team player, a wide receiver is, they've got to be selfish at some point. Yeah, every single one of those guys, every single time they run a route, thinks the ball should have been thrown to them. And that's okay. That's the mentality that you need to have. And, of course, you can't let it permeate into the huddle or onto the sideline or into practice that you didn't get it enough, especially when a guy like Nelson Spruce pretty much never dropped a ball in his entire life 
Like you can't be <laughs> mad that a quarterback wants to throw the ball to him on third and six or whatever. Instead of George Frazier. All you can, yeah. Oh, All you can God. do is, is work your tail off and hope that the day that he leaves, you're going to be that guy. Well, uh, another part of this offseason I'll get to in one second, but first got to tell you about Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping their reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there are almost 30 beers on tap, including table taps that you can control at your own pace because they're at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapaho and I-25, the original sports grill. I don't think I should be trusted to go at my own pace. Drew, Drew and I were talking about this uh, on Monday, and we're like, or yesterday, Sunday, and we're like, we should go down there before a Rockies game. And I'm like, you know what? That's actually a terrible idea. I'm like, we're not going to do any Rockies coverage if that happens. Yeah, I, just, I don't think having a tap at my own booth for me to go at my own pace is a smart idea. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of going out of pace, Drew Wilson, the CU strength coach, I think is a guy that is under the radar in terms of importance to this staff. You look at how good the buffs were last year in terms of durability up until the bowl game. The bowl game was a whole different. Me and Ryan looked at each other after the Alamo Bowl and we're like, how did so many guys get hurt? They literally had three weeks off. And we, we still haven't had an answer to that, but up until the Pac-12 championship game, the buffs had a remarkable. What was that bar's name? Uh, Mad Dogs. Yeah, I think Mad Dogs had something to do with it. <laughs> Me and you look, but like uh, up until then, and I told you I wanted to write this story and I never really got around to it, but CU had a remarkably clean bill of health last year. Like the only injury I could think of that was even somewhat impactful was Bryce. Uh, obviously, DMAC was a terrible one, but you can't really prevent that. And Diego Gonzalez was a huge one. But the only like kind of like nagging injury or like, uh, leg or arm that you could kind of control was Bryce Bobo's uh, injury into the bowl game, and that was a high ankle sprain. So even at that point, it's not like a conditioning issue. So Drew Wilson is a guy that I think does not get enough credit, and this is his second year now uh, training the buffs here. I think so too. I think he's a, a great influence. Um, I think Coach Foreman was a good coach. He just had a hard time reaching the players because he was a really, really quirky. How do I reach these players? Yeah, like he's a really quirky guy. Him and Ninus both got roasted more than any other coach other than Mac by the players because they they were just like, who is this guy? Like, he's just so he's, – he's just kind of his own dude. And sometimes that works for certain positions like special teams and, uh, you know, um, conditioning. But I think a guy like uh, Wilson can really – get to those players uh, and relate to them. And I think it helps to have that type of connection when you're the only guy that's seeing them over the summer. Uh, there were some fans of Mike McIncryer uh, from what I've heard. There were some fans. Good. That's all I'll say. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, see you gone corny. I forgot to get to this first, but what is this champions do extra like why why does it got to be like that me and ryan were just talking about two weeks ago how we're gonna have to start including extra into our vocabulary be yes these things these things aren't not natural actually was not natural me and ryan did that by a concerted effort and extra was going to be our new word uh so already me and ryan started roasting extra as a word and now cu is using it like actually seriously uh so what's between this and new era in, in new era, like extra is a bad word. And then new era is the same slogan the Avs are using, except it was next era. Like if the Avs are using your slogan and we're the worst team in the history of hockey, maybe you shouldn't be using that slogan. 
I know, but slogans are just catchy and everyone loves them and they're just trying to... No, they're mottos. You live by it. Everyone lived by the rise. Everyone lived by welcome to the fight. You don't want people living by champions do extra. I know, I know. I mean, even being from Philly, trust the system. Like, that's just kind of the process. stuff. Trust trust the process. Trust the process. Oops, sorry. Don't uh, don't follow professional basketball Nick, that much. do something with your sister. Okay, Ryan. Don't call out my little brother on the podcast. Just, he's just a big fan of trusting the process. I know. Sorry, guys. I trust the process. Anyways, these things people just want to live by. It's good marketing and We've talked about this before, but CU focuses on trying to find a way to market the football team. So that's just that's just them doing. But trying. it's like not even like the marketing department. It's like the coaching staff that comes up with these, and they're like, "Oh, this is fire!" And it's it's not. It's just it shows you that like even if you're cool and hip like Chev is, like you're always <laughs> still gonna be old if you're old. You, and you and you need someone to bounce these ideas off uh. of like. Like if Ryan and I, like if I, if Ryan was just in the marketing department, the slogans would be good. If I was just in the marketing department, the slogans would be just good. If Ryan and I were both in the marketing department, your slogans would be absolutely. Let's be unreal. honest, guys. If I was just in the marketing department, the slogans would be unreal. We don't need you to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you football. Good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think. Um, I don't want to say like a blind squirrel and a nut type of thing for. <laughs> what? Oh, is that another one that you don't what understand? The? <laughs> you don't, you've never heard of a blind squirrel and a nut? No. Or a broken clock is right twice a day? What? Oh God. Oh my God, <laughs> Allie. If you're a friend of the brand, you know that Allie doesn't understand any phrases. I so grew up with a Hispanic brand. We got mother? it. Boom. We just came up. Speaking of concerted efforts, we just came up with that 20 minutes ago. My mom is Ecuadorian, my dad is American, but my dad doesn't use weird phrases like that, and my mom sure as hell didn't use that. Okay, well, um, even a blind squirrel finds a nut is saying, like, even if you're bad, you're going to be good once in a while. Even, even a broken clock is right twice a day because, like, you know, every time <laughs> happens twice in a day. So is Chev actually bad at marketing, maybe? So, no, I think Chev, like I said, I, it's not quite a blind squirrel in a nut situation. It's like the opposite. Like, even if you're good every once in a while, you're going to be bad. So, like, so he's got so many nuts. So that's even though your puns one. are always bad, sometimes they can be good. No, but no, they're no. still it's bad. It's all the way around. No, it needs to be bad. Okay. They're actually bad. I don't I'm understand these <laughs> phrases. Uh, Why do you guys have so many weird phrases? Why? I don't know. Appropriate to our culture. No. <laughs> I've been please. living here for <laughs> 21 years. We're writers. All we do is think about words all day. It's weird, though. But, like, we have phrases. It's just the way things work. But they're so weird. No, that one makes perfect sense. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Water off the duck's back. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Water slides off duck's backs really easily. Why don't you just say a better way? Like water under phrase. the bridge? Yeah. Or water over the bridge. <laughs> no. Not a All phrase. Right, we're, we're over it. Phrases <laughs> are weird. What, your mom once thought? No. That was, so Allie said it on a podcast one week, and then my mom screwed it up, too, and she's just like, that's all water over a bridge, honey. And then I texted both of you immediately. I'm like, my mom just said the thing by accident, Confirmed. too. Confirmed. Allie is right. No. And I, no, because I asked my mom, I'm like, how do you get water over a bridge? And she's like, I don't know. Stop questioning me. <laughs> 
it floods over it. Yeah, that would be a bad thing. It would though. be like it like break. It's not water over the bridge. Like you'd have to think about that bridge with water over it now, like yeah. a lot. Like that's the opposite okay, of water under a bridge. Ever. Yeah, like if it really affected you, it was water over the bridge. Because you can't cross the water now. <laughs> okay, if you have some more weird phrases, tweet them at me because I'm really curious. If I just start, let's, here, let's do this. I'm going to search normal American <laughs> phrases. While he does that, Allie, would you like to give uh, the oh. followers your tip of the week? Tip of the week. We um. need a drop for this. <laughs> tip <laughs> of the week. There you go. Oh, guys, whistling like you're a construction worker. No. Catcalling. No. Imagine if a girl was doing that to you. I would love it for one. No, you wouldn't. Like, it has, if anyone is watching this, watch, watching, watched, watched <laughs> this episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, Lily and Robin and Ted and Barney and Marshall go to. So everyone in the show. <laughs> okay. They go. Except for the naked man. <laughs> they go to a gay club, and Marshall and Ted keep getting hit on. And they're, at first, they, like, tell Lily and um, Robin, like, don't complain about that. Like, that's awesome. You get free drinks. Poor you. Whatever. But then they go to the gay bar, and they're, like, they, these guys won't stop harassing them. And they're, like, okay, this, like, please stop. I'm having a conversation. Like, don't come and objectify me in this way. So it's true for either gender. I think that's a little different, though, because it's not the sex that they're interested in giving them the attention. What? Like, it's not like okay. girls are giving you this attention. But still. Anyways, yes, going back to catcalling, it's bad. Catcalling is annoying. Especially when you're at work. But I'm going to need more substance out of you in this segment. Like, don't be a douche. It can't just be don't be a douchebag every week. In a different way. But that's usually what <laughs> we need some, some more guys depth. are. Okay, ask me questions then. And I will answer your questions. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need, I need more help in this <laughs> department right now. Uh, what else we got? Would you ever catcall a girl? I can't whistle, so. <laughs> and also, a girl is probably bigger than me, so if they're offended <laughs> by this, it will end poorly. I had someone tweet at me. The other day, how tall are you? Ha ha ha! <laughs> like, come on, that's not nice. Evergreen okay. tweet. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a, I don't know. For don't say what you're about to say. Catcalling? No, it's rude, and I get frustrated when people do it. But there are some people who walk outside and they get a whistle, and they're like, "Yeah, damn right, I look good." I'm not saying that's me, but I'm saying some girls, the feminists in the world, are gonna say some girls would be blessed to have that happen to them. Okay. That was a roast of someone. No need to get catty. Shut up. I almost got Ali to curse. She really, <laughs> she really clawed back at you there. God. Question. You ask me a question. Oh man. Uh, like, how do I approach girls in bars? Oh, good one. Good that one. That is a good one. Um, don't use a stupid pickup line. Oh, uh, so like, no. I heard you work at Subway because you give me a foot long. One of my friends literally did that and got slapped by a girl like two weeks ago. And yeah. it was the most amazing thing. I paid him five he, bucks to do it. It was amazing. He deserves to be slapped in the face. Okay, well, yeah. so like, like, It was amazing. Okay, well, yeah. Again, obvious. Don't be a douche. Me? Well, no. Okay, so the way you approach a girl at a bar is just being yourself. Like, go up to a girl. See, so should I recite stats about Nolan Arenado? No, no, or like? 
Because no, that's me. If, you see, if you're at a bar and you see a girl watching the TV and it's sports and she's watching baseball, first of all, don't assume that she doesn't know anything about baseball. <laughs> Go up to her and say, hey, name five players on the Rockies. Because no, so I've instead do this. Did no. you know that John Gray's curveball now is spinning at a rate of 1,200 no. revolutions per no. minute rather than 1,400? Don't be weird. Just well, don't be weird. That's not weird. That's baseball. No. When, when okay. I saw you, my head spun faster than John Gray's curveball. <laughs> no. Just... <laughs> Okay, first that of all. That would be good. Like, I feel like no, that would work. No, it would not, Ryan. I came, I came to you, as soon as I saw you, I came to you quicker than Riley Pint's fastball. Oh. Okay, anyways, I didn't get I back said to came, the tip. I, I, I was, like, <laughs> coming over to you, not like that. No. 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 You took it there. I did not take it there. Are you sure? Uh, um, no, if a girl's, like, watching TV, like, if I'm watching a football game at a sports bar, and you come up to me and just casually start talking like, oh, do you like the Eagles? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But, like, obviously don't be bland like that. Like, be interesting. And then I'll be like, yeah, don't be. I'm like, I'm not going to sports bar to hit on girls, though. I'm, like, talking about, like, the walrus. Like, give me, like, the game plan for the walrus, according to you. Or absent. As they would say worse. on Reddit, step one, be attractive. Step two, don't be unattractive. <laughs> I just, like, you have to understand that at least in college – a lot of girls aren't going to the bars to hook up with a random guy. Like, if I go out, I'm Jake going out to dance. Jake's not looking for a hookup. He's looking for love. Yeah, How does I'm he find love you, at the walrus? You know. You can't find love at Rihanna the walrus. Rihanna said you can. <laughs> <laughs> I found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> no, most girls aren't Is looking Is this why that. the last one was like that? Because she, I met her at the walrus? Who? Which one? It was just a, well, not that one. Another one. <laughs> Anyways... Anyways. I guess Ali's tip is you it's can't the crazy find one that won't stop texting bar. me. Oh. Yeah. Which one? Stop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is such bad podcasting. You guys Sorry. just ominous. Or, uh, okay, I want the. Okay, we, I've got one more to for Ali. Some questions. Ha- send in questions for next. How week. do you talk to a girl when she has her headphones in? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Have you see, have you read that, Ali? No. There's like a there's like a column and it went viral. How do you talk to a girl when she has her headphones in? And it's just like everyone's just like don't. But it's like my column and there's like a, like a vivid description of like how you like. Tap her on the shoulder. She takes her headphones off. She's like, what's up? All right, I have a. And you have something good and interesting to say. I have a phrase. I hate when people aren't themselves. I'm not gonna like you if you're pretending to be someone you're not. If you're funny, charming, and just chill. Then I'll talk to you at a bar. I'll have a conversation with you. Then it just see, you have to wait and see if there's actual chemistry to see if you how can get we, the girl's number. If you're just meeting them for the first time, how do you know they're not being themselves? Because you can tell when a guy's just being pretentious and an <laughs> Jeez, Al, you're so worked up right now. <laughs> because you can tell when a guy isn't being themselves when they're or but like maybe people they are. call me pretentious because I like I was so this situation that happened to me this past week. This podcast. This, this segment's gonna need to wrap up here. All right. This, this week. Segment. Okay. So, uh, so I go. Where'd you? Where? Like, what are you doing for summer? And she's like, I'm going to California. I'm like, Oh, just like Robert Plant and Led Zeppelin. Great reference. And she's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, Led Zeppelin four. Going to California. It's like my favorite song. Like first song on my forever favorites playlist. I pull out my playlist on Spotify. She she just laughed. So, but like that's not pr- that was but me. That's good. She was that doing was me being f- me. But she was doing you a favor because she's not. It, she doesn't like you for you. <laughs> okay. That was so mean. <laughs> no, it, that's a, that was nice. 
No, your comment was mean. No, it wasn't. It was nice. <laughs> you don't want someone that to doesn't like you time. for no, you. I agree. I agree. Okay, right. more fr more idioms. We're gonna do three idioms and see if Ali knows them. What? Like she phrases. She doesn't. She, she doesn't, doesn't even know what idioms. Ali, at the drop what? at the drop of a hat. Yes, I know that. Okay. What does it mean? I don't want to describe <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. I've heard of it before. <laughs> so you don't know what like it is. Like it's like uh, uh, instantly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That works. That works. <laughs> uh, it takes two to tango. Yes, I know that one. All right. All right. All right. Use it in a sentence. You can't just say yes. No, I don't want to <laughs> use it in a sentence. Just means like. It takes two people to like win an argument or to ha create an argument. It takes two people to like start something. It takes like if, yeah, okay, if yeah. I'm not calling All you, right. like if the phone works both ways. Like if I'm not calling you, you could have picked up the phone and called me. It takes two to tango. Yeah, you can get third it. one. Sitting on a fence. What? No, like I think that's you phrase it wrong. Sit on, you're on, sit the, on fence. the fence. You're on the fence. You're on the fence on, of something. Yeah. Like you like like you're in between. You don't know. Okay. Yeah. Boom. All right. Three Wait, for three there. We have to at least get her stumped. One. All right. We'll, we'll have to do that. Uh, whole nine yards. What? There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so like that phrase was invented. I know this. This is whole even on nine the sheet. yards. Yeah. So like everything. Like you went the whole nine yards. Oh the, yeah. Okay. I've heard of it. Well. That one isn't that. You just changed your tune. Sorry. No. So like. Say like you're playing basketball and like, I just you have, like, would the never use and, like, that. The you went the whole nine yeah. like me in that video. Yes, um, like if you have a headband. Okay, once in a blue moon. Yes, I know that. That's so easy. Uh, Wait, what was the origin of whole nine yards? Okay, so that's so when you had a uh, uh, machine uh, in World War II, the machine guns, uh, the rounds were nine yards long. So if you shot the whole nine yards, you shot all. Uh, see, I always thought it should be the whole 10 yards because right. that's how much it takes to get a first down. Well, that's why I looked into it. Uh, curiosity killed the cat. I love that one. I had to write an article on, or a story on that in high school. Too bad it's about the, the untimely death of one of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> she is so mad. Anyways, I think that's about... Uh, oh, wait. No, it doesn't. It doesn't wrap up the BSFF podcast. Uh, because... Oh, yeah, no, it does wrap up the BSM Bones podcast. Thanks for listening. She's Ali Monroy. He's Ryan Jones. Send me stuff. At us all of the time. Never stop adding us. And add us at BSM Buffs. And, of course, catch all of our content on bsndenver.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you very soon. Tell your friends about your favorite lifestyle podcast. go on a rant on opening day uh, on BSN Denver, but I decided not because I already had so many snaps about the costumization of America and what's wrong that we need to have a costume for every type of op every type of object. So it's like I don't know. Obviously like hot dogs and like salsa races and whatever. But like 
what, like, what's too far in the costumes? Like, are we going to have, like, a costume for, like, like medical supplies? Like, it's Bandy the Band-Aid. And he's out of course Field throwing the first pitch. The first pitch was thrown by a lotto ball on opening day. A lotto ball. It just looked, you know what it looked like? You know the guy from uh, SpongeBob, the evil guy that's uh, a circular yeah, shape? No the, the, no, the hero. He's the hero that's shaped like a circle. Uh, like the older, like, Barnacle Band. Uh, barnacle Man and, and uh, the Barnacle Boy. Mermaid Man, Man and Barnacle Boy. Boy. So it's, it's the, he looked like the fat one out of the two. He looked like just a circle. Barnacle. Anyways. Okay, I'm texting.